She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. section about like raised bed gardening and planting. I could learn all sorts of things. I could become a gardener if I wanted to. Here's the problem though with renting books from the library is it does not serve my ego because then I cannot put them on the bookshelf and show everyone else I read them. They go back to the library. Nobody knows unless they're following my Goodreads book list that I read them. Contact dermatitis. Yeah, but idiopathic means we don't know the cause. Okay. That's what it okay. means. I'm the, uh, my parents are doctors, so <laughs> I'm almost a doctor. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's what you, you really should know. You really let them down, don't you? <laughs> don't even have a fucking college degree. My dad is, is not happy. It's okay. Yeah. Like the, I emulated the, the maybe I emulated the African American culture okay, or like the hip hop culture yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. But you like, thought it was okay to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no one stopped me, so apparently it was. But <laughs> well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the way I said that just cracked me up. Hi, everyone. Welcome. (laughs) Hope you're having as good a time as we are. Uh, This is a more lighthearted episode. This is the result, as you can tell, we're recording the intro after. This is the result of having And also me reflecting on a couple things I said. (laughs) In the episode, but if you want to find out what those are, you're going to have to listen. Um, but we uh, we do some updates about life on sabbatical, and then it's very sweet and and goes all over the place. And then uh, we get into the uh, meat and potatoes of this episode, which is questions uh, that Julie Roxanne found on the internet <laughs> to get to know us better. And there are some interesting answers, to say the least, on that, and some that I kind of want to edit out of this podcast, but I'm not going to for the sake of the podcast oh man that's what we do for you listeners (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's just get into it let's get into it (laughs) hello far out people howdy good to have you here on another episode of the podcast it is another episode and uh as usual maybe we'll start with a couple updates yes uh update number one is uh, we just finished House of the Dragon. We're a little late to the, I think, to the show. I feel for... like we, we just did it right, which is we waited until they were all out, and then yeah. we were like, hey, have you seen that this show is out? Let's well, you need a couple it. trusted sources, yes. uh, especially when it's a se- like a season, yeah. right, or multiple yeah. seasons. Yeah. Yeah. From people where you're like, yeah, we, we get each other. We have similar values yeah. around shows and, and I felt stuff. Like, I felt like we had that. And yeah. so we're like, let's give this a shot. You bailed after the first episode. I stuck with it yeah. uh, for a second episode. And I was like, hey, you know, this is actually pretty interesting. Maybe you should come back. And then third episode, not not so great. But then <laughs> after that, it got really good. Yeah, we, we you and I are just suckers. It's like, <clears throat> tell me that we're going to have a visually rich, kind of beautiful, transporting environment and then, like political political scheming about like power, right? We're here. Like, yeah. We're here. If it's if it's going to be schemes about how to how yeah. to have power, yeah, we're, that's uh, always fa- we're and I think they do a very good job of exploring in cutthroat ways, yeah. the quest and battle for power yeah. in an imaginative realm. And yeah. I, 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 this is one of the reasons why I'm embracing more and more the side of me that really loves fantasy and sci-fi. It's because it's these imaginative realms. Where a lot of the archetypes that we talk about are mm. on display, mm-hmm. there are the mythological realms, yeah. and so there's like there's the political scheming and the, and the power plays and stuff, which are fascinating and dramatic. But there's also a coloring in of different archetypes and energies and powers that, if the show is good, like it, I think it enriches our imaginative realm yeah you should see how dweeby alistair and i get like we just, every so often we pause and we just like say some random like 
the wounded king and we just like throw out random archetypes and then we're like uh-huh and then we just keep going it's it's pretty ridiculous yeah i mean <laughs> it, i think when these things are done well they they approach the realm of myth right which we don't have as much of these days yeah so yeah it can feed feed that hunger so uh, shout out shout out to ryan uh, for recommending that we uh, we tune into it. And I have to say that this show did something I never thought would happen, which is it's made me want to rewatch Game of Thrones. Mm. And if there's really, like, if there's Maybe one except show... except for the last two seasons. I don't even... Yeah, I would, I would probably uh, agree to that. But, like, I don't... Honestly, it feels daunting. And also it feels like, can we please? But, uh, yeah, I never thought I would say that. I never thought I would, like, actually want to rewatch Game of Thrones. It was great, but I didn't think I wanted to watch it a second time around. On a parallel note, Rings of Power. <laughs> Rings of Power, the, the Lord of the Rings season. Like is, the prequel thing on Amazon yeah, Prime? I really, I tried to like it. I, I got to episode six the other day and I, I watched it. I can't believe it. you went that far, Alistair. I did go that far. And then I, I saw episode six and I was like, that got to stop. This is, this is, this is bad. Yeah. This is bad. I watched the trailer and I was like, count me out. Yeah. I'm not watching this. I could smell shit from afar. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you, you, you know, like yesterday, it was great. Yesterday, you put on an episode, and I didn't know what you were doing, and I just, I just looked, and I was like, that looks kind of cool. Like, I, you know, it was like, oh, a fantasy thing I'm not aware of? Like, what are you watching? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of still chugging away at the Rings of Power. And I was like, oh, I thought you gave up on that. He was like, no, no, I didn't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to finish it. He watches the whole episode, and then at the end, he's like, I'm never going to finish this. This is awful. This, this is my way. They're this is off, when I'm, like, leaving. They're writing off the goodwill of... Everything that The Hobbit and and Lord of the Rings did, which was good, really, really good. Yeah, this is not that, and they're taking a lot of liberties that feel arrogant. Like they are rewriting the stories. They're they're using like stereotypical shallow characters. It's kind of an insult to your intelligence. And I apologize to anybody who enjoyed that season, <laughs> but I think it's crap. <laughs> and I'm I. And I'm pretty angry at Amazon for, for like, running such a great series through the mud. Uh, yeah. I, I I did a little research afterward, to because I was like, why is this so bad? Oh. Like, And so I did a little bit more research on why it's so bad. And I don't have anything I really want to share here other than, like, one, one thing that I was happy to find out is that Amazon currently doesn't have the rights to the, I don't know how to pronounce it, the Silmarillion. Silmarillion. Yeah, Silmarillion, it's whatever. Uh, which is like, it's the very thick book of all the like mythological stories that Lord of the Rings later, Lord of the Rings is like the final age, right? And anyone who's who's a Lord of the Rings fan will kind of know this, but there's much, there's earlier work with a lot of the originating stories and stuff. And there's a, a lot of good stories in there. Amazon does not have their hands on that yet. Yeah. They just have their they just have their hands on a particular set of stories, which is the Rings of Power. One of the reasons why that show is bad, because they can't really tap into all oh, of it. Oh, got um, it. And so then they start they, they actually are doing violence to some of the stories and making it up and, and it's just very mainstream kind of pandering and, and yeah. Anyway, um, but the, the good we'll news say. is maybe Amazon won't <laughs> Amazon won't get the rights to the rest of it, especially after that dismal first season. Yeah, and uh, someone with some talent will come in and <laughs> resurrect that. They just need HBO to do it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That, why? Why did it go to Amazon? Or even Netflix? I think could do a better job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, on uh, I I did want to touch on that too, actually, because I don't think I said it in the last episode. See, this is like the kind of episodes we record on our sabbatical. It's just like we're watching a bunch of things and we're just like enjoying life. I am on at the end of book three or four of the Little House on the Prairie uh, original collection. There's nine books and I am delighted. I am having such a good time. It's like it's teaching me so much. It's like I've brought it up to you. I, I bought the first two. And then I br I bought them for a dollar at the at the library, and you were like, "Why did you buy those?" 
It's like, I don't know, like, I'm kind of really into the, like, pioneer thing. It was, like, the first book I read as a kid. Exactly. The first, like, what felt like an adult book yes. that I finished, because it's kind of big. Even, yeah. yeah. There's 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 almost no pictures. It's There's yeah. a few pictures, yeah. but it's, 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 a, it's a book that you, you know, it's like, I understand. But it's so funny because it really sounds like in the U.S. it's a children, it's like, it's children's book. Obviously, it's it's definitely written more for children, but reading it as an adult is awesome. And if you have any interest in like that time period and the pioneer and all that, get your hands on it. And uh, which brings me to my other uh, segue. Uh, the library is awesome. If anyone has not had a library card yet, go to your local library and get a card. It's great. I have a pile of like eight cookbooks that I'm just perusing at will. I've spent almost no money. Uh, I just had to like buy one of the books on the Little House collection because my library didn't have it and I was too lazy to go somewhere else. And uh, but you can re- you can rent Kindle books. You can rent. It's amazing, and it's all free. And you get some like tickets to other things. Things that we actually do. Like we go into the Japanese gardens. You can do that once a year for free and bring yeah. a friend and. So I'm, uh, this is like my um, revelation. And apparently I was, uh, (laughs) Ryan, our friend who also recommended House of Dragon and who listens to this podcast once in a while, she was here and she was telling us about the fact that she had gotten a library card and it was great. And I was like, oh, how much does it cost? And both you and her were like, it's free. And then I was like, uh, you dumb fucks! Don't don't even pretend like I should know it's free. Everything is costs money in this country, and now you're telling me there's a public service. Finally, <laughs> this is not a given. So I am like milking that public yeah. service for all I have. And, and like all our other public services, they seem to be fading away. And, and I this is why I go. I make yeah. I make a ritualistic point of just like go and the library and and where we live, they organize like little activities and things. Like there's like things going on every month like arts and crafts for kids arts and crafts for adults there's a lot of families homeschooling in the area so there's a lot of like co-op homeschool vibes for the kids it's great i used to get stacks of books as a kid it was always super exciting to go to the library and i remember a couple devastating times where i didn't return those on time and mm-hmm. i had like a library fee of like seven dollars oh that's a lot <sighs> it as was a, kid, a lot a yeah lot. how are you gonna get that kind of cash <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, go support your local library. Man, yes, please do. And you'll be happy, especially, like, I find, like, okay, nonfiction books, I want to have them. I want to be able to underline and da-da-da. reference, But, yeah. like, cookbooks, I don't need to have them especially all the Drew time. Especially Drew Barrymore's cookbook. A Drew Barrymore's cookbook is turning out to be okay. I actually like the lifestyle <laughs> part more than the actual food part. It doesn't, I don't care I don't think Drew Barrymore cooks. Let's just be yeah, real. Yeah, she, she, co- she co-authored it with yeah. someone who, who actually, actually cooks. cooks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it was, it's free. I'm returning it in the week and I enjoy this so whatever but fiction fiction and cookbook yeah. like fiction books I also have they have an entire section about like raised bed gardening and plenty so I could learn all sorts of things I could become a gardener if here, I wanted here's to here's the problem though with renting books from the library is it does not serve my ego because then I cannot put them on the bookshelf and show everyone else I read them they go back to the library nobody knows unless they're following my goodreads book list that I read them that's a major you religiously, problem. Uh, I think the library should give you some sort of fake book after. Oh like, my here, you can God. put this on your bookshelf so everyone else knows you read it. This is how Alistair thinks of reading. It was, <laughs> it was, it was like a revelation when I first met him, and now I think it's really douchey. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out my Goodreads book list. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll link it in the show notes. Because Alistair is religiously. Yeah, yeah, he is. Anyway. When I met him, he had goals per year. Like, I want to read I've 30 books up on that. a yeah. year. It was more like 60, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was more like 60. <laughs> what a dweeb. Last on the updates, I wanted to let everyone know and share on this podcast a cute sentiment that has emerged this week. Elser is uh, continuing to heal his skin. Do I'm making, wanna, yeah, yeah, I'm making a lot of progress. Well... It's hard to know if it's progress. Of course. But we're, we're giving an update at this very moment of recording. So it's yeah, and the healing one thing is I've not learned linear. That, yeah, this year is like it's hard to mark progress. There's a lot healing. There's a lot of things that feel like multiple steps back that mm-hmm. later on when you're in it, it's chaotic and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And actually, I'm glad you brought this up because uh, I had a conversation with my nutritionist today. 
Who's your primary care person for this skin condition that you have, which could be called a idiopathic dermatitis. We have no idea what it is, Uh, and it's an inflammation of the skin. I'm pretty sure you just made that up. No, I didn't. Well, Uh, contact dermatitis. Yeah, but idiopathic means we don't know the cause. Okay. That's what it means. I'm the, uh, my parents are doctors, so (laughs) I'm almost a doctor. Yeah. So that's, that's what you you really let them down, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Don't even have a fucking college degree. My dad is, is not happy. It's okay. Yeah. So um, the good news is for literally a year, well, a little bit less because it took me a while to uh, find steroid cream as a as a treatment for the symptoms of this rash, um, which just basically has been occurring nonstop for a year. And I've been in a pattern for most of the year where I'll take uh, steroid cream, which maybe a lot of listeners are familiar with because it's actually basically the one thing dermatologists seem to know how to do is prescribe Mm. steroid cream. Sorry again if there's any dermatologists (laughs) listening. But (laughs) this is (laughs) I can't seem to put a sentence out without like what if there's a dermatologist that really, really enjoyed the rings of power. (laughs) Lost forever. We're sorry. Okay. Don't reach out to me if (laughs) if that's you. Just find other people to listen to. Um, we hope you'll continue to listen to us, even though we're jerks right now. But honestly, I don't care. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. I love you as a human being, just not what you chose to do as a profession. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Okay, I got to stop. I'm, this is all, it's all sacred humor. We're just kidding. You're yeah, great. yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so I've been I, I've been in this psych. It's funny. I was actually talking to my business partner, Kelly, the other day, and she's like, how are you doing? I was like, well, I'm on day five without <laughs> steroid cream, which usually these cycles are like three to five days. That's yeah. pretty average for me because mm-hmm. I have to reapply my entire body every three to five days, and it kind of shuts down a lot of my like immune system, but it relieves the symptoms. Mm-hmm. So, And there's bad uh, – as I – dug deeper into this there's a fair amount of bad stuff about steroid cream it's not something you want to be reliant on it's i mean really you a, always sort of knew that there's no way this could be good but you had to manage symptoms yeah. at some point because there, and there is a balance between quality of life and and like you know like steroid cream has a place you do need to have a certain qual- quality of life because that can get in the way of healing too mm-hmm. so so it is a balance and kind of depends where you're at anyway three to five days it's been my normal and so five days was like the outer range of that, which was good. And I was like, yeah, I'm on, I'm on day five. And she just started laughing. She's like, sounds like how we started our women's circle. So you say what day of the cycle we're in. And I was just like, oh, man. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, but I'm on, uh, listeners, I'm on day 11. That's incredible. Day 11. I've only gotten to day, tw- this is, tomorrow will be the longest period of time since I've been using steroid cream. That I've gone without steroid cream in all in like nine months. So that's impressive. And a lot of it seems to be the fact, not only, but the fact that I'm sleeping a lot. Mm-hmm. I it's like, whoa, this it's, it's we've been we've been joking that we need we're going to talk about sleep a little bit after we're done with this. I think I, I think sleep. We both are realizing how critical sleep is. And it's not like we were not sleeping very long. We were sleeping. We've yeah. always been people who sleep. Eight to nine hours. Yeah. But lately, it's much more. It's and like 11 to 12 these days. Yeah. And it's like, wow, the healing power of sleep. Oh it, so it's definitely a little alarming that you and I both have been able to sleep for like uh, anywhere from 10. Like we're averaging 10 or 11 hours a night. For like three weeks. Yeah. I slept it, 10 hours last night and I woke up tired. Yeah. So. I'm still, it's it's a long process. Yeah. Yeah. But it seems to be helping both of us in yes. a myriad of ways. But I, I was talking to uh, my nutritionist, who's been my point of contact for kind of working through this uh, for like the last six months, I, I would say, maybe even a bit more. I think eight, maybe. Eight months. Eight, yeah. Six to eight, something like yeah. that. And just the revelation that, like, because now we've been working a lot on, like, applying lotions to my skin because my skin's actually responding to that, whereas pretty much up to this point, it hasn't mattered. Yeah. Um, And just talking to her about, like, wow, you know, for a while I was thinking it was, like, mainly a gut issue or even, like, secondarily, like, a liver issue. And I had to fix that, and the symptoms just showed up on my skin. And realizing, like, no, the skin's an organ, like— that this is multifaceted and fairly complex and you have like all of them require healing. It's not just like, it's not just that I have to deal with the gut issue and the skin's an afterthought. No, that that's actually also very connected and, and also has to be taken care of and, and healed. And it's not even like, it's just that the primary points of focus um, have been the gut, the liver, and cause the liver's in charge of detoxing, 
the gut is probably where a lot of maybe a lot of the pathogenic pressure is coming from. And then there's the skin, which is where a lot of symptoms are, but it's that's not the only thing that's happening there. It's just it's where it's showing up for me a lot. So there's those three areas. And it's like, wow, how extraordinarily complex this this healing process has been because my mind so much wants to narrow in on one thing, like one one cause, one cure, one area of focus over and over. Mm-hmm. And this with the skin, it's so many things. And and it's it's been very, very complex. And then like and and it's more than just these three areas. It's just those are the ones I'm most aware of. But and then it's like there's stages. There's certain things you have to do first. And I'm just kind of marveling at the complexity of it. And and I think anyone who's gone through a serious healing crisis probably gets this too, because this is true for any system of the body, right? Is that it, it's all of a sudden it's interconnected to all the others and, and healing can be such a complex, confusing, sometimes kind of demoralizing uh process Mm -hmm. just it takes a it takes a lot of patience i think and and a lot of it's a very humbling process in a lot of ways and there's a lot of things that have felt like successes that that were kind of false or incomplete and there's a lot of times where i'm grasping for like a a cure you know i think anyone who has dealt with a chronic condition can relate i think that there's there it's uh it's particularly true for people with chronic conditions because usually there's no, it, there's not really any cure. There might be things that you can manage symptoms with or, but like, unless you invest a lot of time and energy and money and like, and luck too, and figure in finding someone who has the capacity to take you on a holistic healing journey. You know, the, the, that term I just said, like idiopathic, that's so common in the allopathic Western medicine t- type of Thing. It's like there's so many things that were just, oh, we don't know why you have endometriosis or we don't know. What, and those things that are just like, there's no answer. It's like really deep root causes and it's really hard to figure it out. Or if there is an answer, it's not the simple, straightforward one that we desire or long yeah. for. It, it is a much more involved process. And and the chances that we're ever going to know what the answer was are probably pretty low. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a lot of things, and probably one of them is luck. So I just, the reason, thanks for giving such a good update on your health yeah, status. Right, right. Yeah, no, it, it's good. I think it's good. It, it, it's not like we talk about it all the time, but it's it's been ongoing for a whole year. Yeah. Uh, and you're definitely functioning. Like, I think that around the time that we talked about this on the podcast when we like when things got really bad it was just like y- you couldn't function at all like there, everything in your life was kind of falling apart as a result of the rash the steroid cream really was a godsend uh when when it came into yeah. our life and uh so we've been applying your body with different like hydrating. and that was prescribed by a dermatologist so thank you to the dermatologist yeah exactly <laughs> no, you gotta take it take what you can i think we've had this conversation on that podcast yeah. where we thank the dermatologist for the steroid cream but we've now been applying aloe vera and tallow on your body and it's been really cool to watch your skin respond and like the your nutritionist said something about, you know, your skin barrier might like is finally healing is just like in the process of healing. So we've been like really nourishing it and feeding it. And uh, because I know what it's like to have like a chronic condition and like the battle, the inner battle, I know how much how prone we are to uh, become adversarial with our bodies instead of realizing that our bodies are just trying to talk to us and say something. Yeah, we we hate ourselves. We become angry with these parts of ourselves (laughs) that seem to be continually creating problems. It's been very hard before I let you continue with this. And I've been having conversations with some friends in similar situations um, who are recognizing similar things, which is like, what if the paradigm I I still come out of, even with all this work, and I think a lot of us in the Western society is like when we have these chronic sim- issues and these symptoms, it's like, God, this is such a pain in the ass. This is, it's like the source of my discomfort. If only this wasn't here, mm-hmm. right? Like that my life would be so much better. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's the cause of my suffering and et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, and I feel like over this year, this is not, it's, this has not been an, it, over this year, it's like, what if 
and particularly it's easier to say right now. It's like, what if you flip that whole story and you're like, what if the body is really trying to tell you something? Like, what if the symptoms are the vehicle for your body to say, hey, something's going on here? And um, and you and and probably not the first symptoms either. It's just you haven't listened up to you haven't heard it. And at some point it has to get to a point where you really loud. Yeah. And hopefully that's before it's irreversible. Right. But like what if the body is really trying to send you a message about about how to correct course or how to what what needs to be listened to and things like that. And I'm really trying to take that perspective to heart and. I can see over this year different moments where I realized parts of what that message might be and changed behavior and got some response. Yeah. So So this is why now as a, as a, as a way to encourage and like I don't know if you've ever heard this I'm sure people have heard this experience this experiment. I've actually never done it and I'm sure I've mentioned it on the podcast before. But this idea or it's an experiment that you can do where you I think you put rice in water And you put like the same rice, the same water in two different cups and you put them in the same place in your house. And every day you go to one of the cups and there's one cup where you shower the rice with love, even with words or just your intention. And then the other one you send like hatred to it. And there's actually you can even do it with a third one that you completely ignore. And Doesn't this come from the healing power of water or some book like that by some Japanese author? I don't think so because i think you can do that not with with the thing not being in water i think Mm -hmm. this is just like it i don't know maybe but basically what that experiment shows is that after a certain amount of time the 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 things decay at different rates and in different ways and apparently the one that gets no attention actually decays even faster than the one that gets hatred, which makes you think like, oh, ah, mm. interesting. I think a version of this has been done in that book, and I can't remember what the name of the book is. I think we have it on I our bookshelf, but it. I don't want to The Hidden look. Messages in Water. Yes. And I don't have the, I can't read the author. The Hidden Messages of Water in, in water. water. And and he does something very similar and with kind of similar experiments. And then you actually look at the molecular structure and... He, what he saw was that the one that like you sang love to or or I think he, he even just wrote a label mm-hmm. that says yeah. you are loved or something yeah. like they had these like kind of gorgeous geometrical um, structures in it. And then the they're very different depending on the emotion that's kind of um, yeah. infused into the into the water. Mm-hmm. And so you can and we are 80 percent. I was going to say exactly that or something something. Yeah. 80 percent or some crazy number like that. So. But I figured, you know, I could I could sense and it's not like I I totally understand because I do the same thing in my own journey. But I can I could sense the adversarial quality that you had towards your skin and that you've had towards your skin this entire year, which is like totally understandable when your skin is causing so much discomfort and pain. And uh, and I just felt called to start singing a song to it when I applied the tallow on your back. And uh, it's it's beca- it's become a song. And today we actually sang it together while I <laughs> applied aloe vera after the shower. And so I just wanted to share it on the podcast so that everyone on the podcast right now listening can send loving thoughts to Alistair's skin barrier. Oh, that's very just, nice. Yeah. <clears throat> we love your skin barrier, skin barrier. Skin barrier of Alistair, skin barrier, skin barrier, every day getting healthier. (laughs) It feels like like the cells of your skin are just dancing along to the music. Um, So that's that's been happening. And I just thought I'd share because it's even if you don't care about Alistair's skin barrier, if you have uh, something like that, find a way to at least give yourself a little bit of love to those parts of you that you spend most of your time battling because I, I actually really think that that's the only way out. But that's, you know. Amen. 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 Did we do all the updates? <laughs> I feel like these days it's just like we'll show up and we're just like, we're going to talk about things that are fun to us right now and then we'll see where we go. 
Yeah, and I think uh, continuing with that theme, you you wanted to keep it kind of light or just see where things went. Um, so with the rest of the time this week, because we talk about a lot of important, or important, uh, important, serious have, stuff. Yeah, and maybe we still will with these questions. Yeah, knows? but you, you pulled up some questions from the internet, and we thought we'd just go down a few of them and uh, and answer them and and see where they take us. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna scroll and see. Hmm. No, I'm not going to go for this one. Ah, what is one thing that instantly makes your day better? I don't know. That's tough. Really? Uh, coffee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is that your answer? That is definitely one of my answers. Lately, I've, I've, I haven't been drinking coffee for a long time, but I've gone back into it and I'm having a cup a day and I'm, I'm really enjoying that moment in my day. Yeah. Um, it's just like if you're having a really shitty day, what do you do? Do you have like what what's your go-to thing? Uh I think I think a walk in the woods mm. is another one or like yeah. exercise. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I would say that too. I would say walk in the woods, some form of movement or and even and that that one always surprises me how much it re- regenerates me is uh, telling Alistair that he can't talk to me and watching <laughs> something like watching some random cozy content and and either like reading I, I like to watch stuff and and flip through things at the same time like I like to do multiple things at once and so like maybe watching a, a cooking show and then like flipping through a cookbook yeah. or. Or like watching a show and then cooking at the same time, and it's it's impressive to me how much it just like <sighs> how regenerative it is. Yeah, just an hour of that where I know that I'm not gonna get interrupted and I can just go deep in my zone. Yeah, I think almost like coffee and then reading like mm. in the morning and having that like having some solitude or quiet time. Mm. With, with that, that's always it's always really nice for me. Yeah, I like that. What is the biggest risk you ever took? I think I'm going to regret uh, The thing that's coming to my mind, I don't know. I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to my mind. It's like <laughs> having sex without a condom. <laughs> Unprotected sex with maybe someone I don't know as well. That's that's your answer to this question. <laughs> no, you, I don't know. It's the first thing that comes to mind. I don't know. This, I'm not trying to like soul search here. Well, I'm, I'm trying. That's what I want you to do is just soul search. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh my god, it's a pretty big risk, right? Like, it it is it. a like big a risk. Words. I'm just finding it really funny that you said that. Yeah. Like I did not see that coming. Just being honest here, telling it how how it goes. Um. Sorry, mom. <laughs> really sorry, mom. Uh, let me. <laughs> Where did you go? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll um... pick us up off the floor. Uh, what is the biggest risk I ever took? I think, I think that the way that I dismantled slash bombed my previous life was a pretty fucking big risk. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think I think uh, packing up and kind of leaving the U.S. to travel on my own for mm-hmm. a very long time. I think I I knew at the time the kind of risk that it was, but I don't think I knew just how big. I didn't know the actual uh, ramifications of that. I think I. Um, it was like it was like risky and like what I was leaving behind, but also risky and like will I be able to deal with like it's going to be just me yeah, in a way. At least that's how what I thought. And mm. and uh, am I going to be able to deal with that? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw myself in like very different situations in different cultures that I'm not prepared for, and like how will I handle that? Yeah. Um. And like, where am I going to end up from this? Like, this is definitely off. The path I envisioned for myself. Yeah. So it felt like a pretty massive psychological risk. On another side of it, though, I'm not sure. I think it might have been riskier not to go. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's very well said. I guess. Yeah, I think I think that. I just I've been thinking about that time of my life a lot this year. Like especially the last couple of months, particularly, it feels very present. 
And like, I, I feel like I can like touch back to some of the consciousness that I had back then and like what was going on internally. Like I've been having very vivid, like past, not memories, but like feeling like felt senses of my reality of back then. And I haven't really thought about that very much since I left. Feels like my body's like reprocessing some of it. And man, it was like really freaking scary all the time and it, it yeah it, it was like this like white knuckle like it felt like an invisible field that you had to like push through yeah. like where there, like, there's so much pressure not to do it yeah and it took such a effort of will to like go beyond that and just mm. like be like i'm gonna do it even though like it feels crazy and doesn't make sense like yeah I don't know, the stakes felt really high for me personally no, um, i I, re- I remember that there's a lot of psychological pressure yeah and i i remember I remember, I think it's only now thinking to how people around me were holding space for me that I'm realizing how big of a deal it was because I can, I can, I could feel that they saw my uh, pain, I guess. And like, they wanted me to do the thing that would make me feel good, but I could see how much it was like, oh my God, she's going to leave this relationship and she's going to leave her house. And like, what is she going to do? And where is she going to go? And what is she going to end up doing? And like, for me, it was almost like I was blind to these questions because I had no choice but to go. Yeah, I had you to You kind of have to blind yourself to them a bit. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll never leave. Yeah. It's interesting because if I think about that time of my life, like if I had known that I would end up here today, I, I don't know how I would have, I don't know if, that would have made, made it, it more interesting or more scary. Yeah. Like if I, I sometimes think that, that if I knew where I would have ended up, I never would have ended up there. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it actually would have foiled the whole thing. Totally. Well, that's yes. Yeah. You can't, you can't really, if, if you're able to pin it down with certainty, then I think a lot of what's transformative about the choice is mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. There, uh, there's one that's explain an inside joke that you have with a friend or a family member. And I feel like I want to find an inside joke that we have and try to explain it. Because we have so many inside jokes. You don't seem very compelled by that idea. <laughs> I don't know. Those are hard for me to call to mind. All right. If if I think of one, we'll come back to this. Uh, right? I couldn't conjure up, like, one didn't come to mind either. But I'm, I, I'm just thinking of Havarti right now. Uh, Havarti no, cheese. We're not, we're not going to go down. No, see, you shouldn't have asked the question. We, said, we said we were not. Well, now that you're here, let's go. No, share. I'm not going to sing the song. Okay, There's okay. a song, but like, just <laughs> I don't know. I think it comes from. Uh, I think it comes from. What's that uh, show with the one woman and she has a bunch of male roommates? Uh, something. Oh, new girl. New girl. I think it comes from New Girl. Um, the douchey guy in that that kind of carries the show. I forget. I forget yeah, 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 yeah. Schmidt. Or Schmidt. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's a phrase from him, but about like uh, partying with Havarti. Is it? Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. glad. Okay, because this is a newer Do you inside joke. Party jo- with Havarti. Oh my god, Havarti's a kind of cheese. <laughs> because we, I recently, I recently tasted it for the first time. It yeah, was great. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, we're not, we're not going to explain this inside joke then. But uh, I guess thank you, thank you for that. Um, what did you do as a teenager that makes you cringe now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my freshman year of high school, I thought I was black. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like cringy for any. You didn't really no. Don't don't. You you just wanted to identify. You, you just like the. I emulated the, the maybe I emulated the African American culture okay, or like the hip hop culture yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. But you like, thought it was okay to do that. Yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no one stopped me, so apparently it was. But <laughs> but oh I dressed. God. Oh man, I'm think I dressed so poorly, like. I know I can think of some other bad fashion trends in junior high, but I think that one might take the cake. Like I was wearing like, I don't know if you remember, like I wasn't wearing FUBU, but I was wearing, you know, close to that, like Jean Co jeans that were like shiny, oh like my black God. shiny I jeans. Think I know the- and like I had this like gold shirt that was like a weird fabric and like some chains and stuff. You that really worn. went to school dressed like that? I had Jordans, you know. Like, I know, I know. I. <laughs> And, Why? Yeah, and, and you didn't have friends to tell you that wasn't. Okay. I did have friends. <laughs> I think maybe they were dressing similarly or something. I don't know. No one told us, and yeah, so I, I cringe at that. I, but, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> what did I do as a teenager that makes me cringe now? 
uh, there's many things that I did that I in the past would have said made me cringe, but now I feel like I just have a lot of compassion for who I was. But I'm gonna try to say something that really makes me cringe. Still, I still I I can't. I'm still working on having love and compassion for that part of of me. I used to be, and I think it's not hard to like see that because I I think I still am in some ways. But I used to be like extremely loud. And I just had to like take up so much space, but I was also so filled with anxiety that it was just like I was just saying random shit to just like to to fill up the space to make sure that I was seen or that yeah. I, that people cared or yeah. whatever. And I was kind of like I always thought of myself as more of the I thought the only re- real thing I had going for me was that I was like sarcastically, cynically funny. Because I was profoundly depressed. But, like, I I always thought I was, like, the ugliest person in my group. And that, you know, like, the only way I could get guys to be interested in me is if we were both really drunk. And that I had kind of, like, wore them down by being so intelligently, sarcastically cynical or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the the I feel like I've, I'm reminded of some, like, instances of the ways that I show up, that I showed up in groups was it kind of makes me cringe it's like i i although but but the spiritual part of myself knows that i should have a lot of love and i try to have a lot of love but it's like if i were to have a tape of myself i could not actually actually i recently god that was that was such a trip i was looking for something in an old hard drive and i found a backlog of and that wasn't even when I was a teenager. That was like seven fucking years ago. I found a collection of phone recordings that I used to just do that with my friends when we were like, you know, kind of hanging out and getting high and just doing nothing for the the evening. I used to like record the the vibes and the ambiance and the jokes and the things. And I just uh, I heard I heard. I listened to some of it and I was like, that cringe, real, real yeah, hard cringe. That makes me think of uh, once in a while, my family will watch like uh, videos of our childhood oh. and we'll watch Christmas videos. <laughs> and there was a period where like my brother didn't really know what Christmas was about, but I did. And uh, and I would open all his presents for him. Oh, no. <laughs> that makes me cringe. <laughs> Why, why Why? does it make you cry? Because I was, like, so bossy and, like, you know, just, like, pushing him to open his presents. And it was about me, not about my brother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was so bossy, too. I feel like yeah. you and I, are. Uh, we found each other. Mm. We're going to have really, really weird kids. What is the most ridiculous thing you believed as a child? I don't know if I have access to that. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't really remember a lot from Not when like you were that. a kid. Yeah, I have. Oh my god! Oh my god! This just came back, and yeah, this might go into the cringe category, I guess. Because how can how can it not? <laughs> I I'm I'm embarrassed because I was like I was too old for, to to believe that. Um, I think I was like twelve, and. I feel like setting up the context kind of saves me a little bit. So I'm going to save, I'm going to give no, the No, con- no, no, no. That doesn't make it funny. No. Just say it. Like, we're not trying to, ex- like, we're not trying to justify why we have ridiculous beliefs. <laughs> it's not, but you're going to understand why. It's really stupid. I, there was a guy in my class that, uh, like in my grade, however you say it in English. And uh, he was one of the only person that became my friend. And he was kind of. He was really smart and kind of a nerd and but also like with a, a bit of a playful like joker attitude to to him. I still I still kind of know him. I we're still somewhat in contact. And he told me he told me that in his backyard he had a giraffe. <laughs> and I don't know what it was about the I don't I don't fucking know what it was. I think maybe he was just so good at describing it and like making it real. I I believed him. I was I believed that he really had a giraffe and then I told my mom in the evening and she's like, "Joy Roxanne, it's not possible that he lied to you. This was a joke. Like this is not true." I don't know. I yeah, I and I don't know how long I to- I waited until I told my mom. So I don't know how long 
I believed that he had a giraffe, and he knew that I believed that he had a giraffe in his backyard. Sounds like quite a trickster. Ugh, that was bad. All right, I'm going to take over this list and ask okay. you a question. All right. What is the most ridiculous nightmare you have ever had? I've seen that question, and I didn't ask it on purpose because I, w- I really am not sure. I don't know if this is the most ridiculous, but one that sticks out from my childhood is I used to ha- I had this nightmare. It might have been recurring. This was at my first house growing up, so I was seven or younger, and, like, I was in the living room, and then, like, the room would start shaking, like, kung, like, kung, mm-hmm. and it would shake, mm-hmm. like, something was coming, something oh, big was coming, it, it was a terrifying nightmare, like, I, I'd i have to go and sleep in my parents' room after this, and, and then uh, a huge giant came in to the living room, and, like, I couldn't get out of the, like, you know, like, I had, like, a glass door that slides open and like couldn't get out of it in time or something like that and he comes in and he sits on me oh no way yeah that is fascinating yeah i'm sure you could uh i'm sure you could psychologically analyze that that's really interesting i I would imagine it's some anxiety of being consumed by the parents Uh uh-huh like something to do with that can't believe that's crazy that you remember that oh it was so vivid it was terrifying I don't think I'm not gonna share a nightmare, but it was pretty ridiculous. I uh, there's a movie when I was, and I've told you this recently actually. There was a movie when I was a kid that there was like these ninjas in the movie, and there was a scene where in in France the public bathroom stalls are like closed all the way, like we don't, it's not open like here. They're like an entire toilet, and. In the movie, the ninja has to, like, escape at the last minute because a couple walks in the toilet to, like, have sex or something. And he, he like, holds himself at the top of the cubicle by, like, holding his hand and feet on all the thing. And for years, like, years after that, I saw that movie for the first time, every time I went into a bathroom, even in my own house, I would look at the ceiling to make sure there was no ninja in the bathroom. Mm. So not really a nightmare, but kind of. That kind of reminds me of a story that really scared me when I was a kid. Um, It was like, uh, what kind of dog was it? Some kind of big, I want to say it was like, God, now I can't even remember the kind of dog. And that felt like it was a big part of the story, but it was a big dog. And like, Oh, it's not even worth talking about it. No. No. Okay. <laughs> I, go I love how that some I love when that happens sometimes when you're like, I'm gonna tell this story and then you start and you're like, oh no, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> that's not that's not gonna happen. It was a Saint Bernard. Ah, it was a Saint Bernard. Yeah, and it ends up okay. with there's a serial killer and like this guy. He sits on the couch every night. He's watching TV. Is that a movie or what no, is it? No, it's just some sort of like ghost story or whatever. Oh, okay, and, okay. And that me and my my friend heard or told. And like he, he, he'd uh, put his hand down to check that his dog was there every night and his dog would lick his hand. And then... Oh, I don't want to know what you're going to one say. One day he finds out, like I'm shortening it, but like, you know, it's told in a way that's like more of a ghost story. Uh-huh. But one day, uh, so one day he hears something in the house. And he gets a little freaked out and he puts his hand down. His dog licks his hand. He's like, okay, well, you know, dog's here to protect me. Later on, he goes into the bathroom and the St. Bernard's, oh, it was like, there's a drip. There's a drip. Okay. And he's like, what is this drip? And can't figure it out. And so he, he, I'm kind of botching the story, but he goes into the bathroom and uh, finds his St. Bernard's head uh, on the shower head and it's dripping. And he realizes that there is like a psychopath killer, and he was under the couch licking his hand, not the dog. Oh, I hate stories <laughs> like that, Alistair. Why did you just taint our podcast with this? God. Yeah, yeah. So that, that scared me. I think I was like 10 or something. I hate stories like that. You can tell me stories like that now, and I would like stop being friends with you. Yeah. Like, I, I'm glad that you kind of butchered it because it makes it okay. Yeah, I didn't do the delivery well, but. Oh, yeah. Um, that was awful. I hate. I hate. <laughs> Julie you right Roxanne now. is rattled. Over I, here. I'm really not happy about this. Uh, let's see. Interesting question. If you could speak to one deceased person for 30 seconds, who would it be, and what would you 30 say? 30 seconds. Like, that's that's, all the, you that's get? the question. Who would it be, and what would you say? Do you want to go first on this? I. You know, I'm not sure. 
I wanted to hear your answer, but like, there's no one that I'm like, oh no, they're dead. I really wanted to talk to them. But you know? 30 seconds, like I, I'm, I'm thinking like, I just want to get an answer. It's like, what's the biggest mystery that I could get answered in 30 seconds? It's funny. Someone? Okay. this Did is... you do it? Or like, or like, what, what was your, you uh, know, that? interesting. That's, that's the way I would approach this. See, I feel like my one would be, uh, I would probably, I would probably go to some like, old, like incest, ancestor probably like my great grandmother and Ooh, I would told her cool. I would told her it was not her fault. Hmm. Like I I want to I want to bring a sense of peace and closure to to a, a, a psychic wound. I think yeah. is how I would use those 30 that, seconds. That could be more meaningful than like trying to get an answer on some mystery of history. Yeah. Um I I it, it would be cool to go uh, meet my grandmother on my dad's side cuz yeah. even for 30 seconds just to get an an essence of what she was like. Yeah. So I, I like that. that. Yeah. Cool. That's that's a nice one. Um, what's the best advice you have ever received? That just feels like a bad question. Really? Yeah. Why? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the best Why? advice you've ever received. You could also go with what is the worst advice you have ever received. I know that one. I know the answer for you on that one. Do you? Can you can you tell me what it is? <laughs> I think your dad's not gonna be happy about oh, God. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, well, now we went there. <laughs> Playful. I'm sure that you've received way worse advice. Yeah, and at the time, it wasn't the worst advice. It wasn't but, the worst advice. Uh, when I went to college, my dad and I were down for a visit, or it was orientation, I think, for college. And like, I had, uh, I was in love with my high school sweetheart, and we were going to the same college. Um, so this is like my big. I fell head over heels. We both did. It was my first big relationship and all that. And we're going to go down there together. It's probably half the reason I went. And uh, (laughs) That's nice. And we were walking down the campus. And I don't remember. It came kind of, it was, it was an awkward conversation. And it was like belabored. Like it was like hard for my dad to get into, I think. (laughs) And it went something, it went something like this. It's like, you know, just one one piece of advice for college. Don't get her pregnant. <laughs> you know, and, I... And I think why you're laughing is because I'm still operating that, on this that, advice. That's why, that's why. It's, that's so why, bad. That's why. it's, it's like, great advice for the time. It was, it was excellent. It was, it, you're still <laughs> operating off of it, even though you're married. Um, no. <laughs> We've had actually we've had that conversation at the dinner table with your dad, and he told you he released you from yeah, that advice. Yeah, not it's, that it easy. wasn't. I, I will say this because I know that maybe sometimes he listens to the podcast. Bert, that was a great advice at the time. Yeah. I think uh, delivery, like the the the, the, the depth <laughs> of conversation, could have been better. But ultimately, it was not the worst advice you've ever had. A father it was just, to his firstborn son. I'm sure that's tough. I know. I can't imagine. <laughs> Especially honestly, at that age, it's like no. Yeah, I know. I, honestly, this was just my way of having that story told on the podcast because yeah, I think yeah. it's worth it. Okay, um, but we're, we're, all right. So now your turn. Best or worst advice? I'd like to say I could think of the worst advice because that would be funny but i don't really it I can't think about it it's it's not advice that i've actually directly received i just remember listening to a podcast a few years ago the gimmick of that podcast was that at the end of the conversation she would ask she would ask her guest what advice they would give to their their 20 year old self and across the board like, and I listened, I binged like dozens of episodes across the board. Every single person would say something along the lines of, I used to be really anxious about the future when I was in my 20s, and I would tell myself to not worry so much. And I think that that goes along like some of, I think that's probably the best advice that I've received. I, it also helped me zoom out of like the very narrow mindedness of like the present and just remember that I'm, life is really long. I feel like I say that often and people are always like, hmm, because that's not the norm. Like the normal advice is like, oh, you could die any day. Life is really short, you know, take advantage of it. But life is actually really, really long. And, and there's so many ways to correct and change and evolve. And so that I think that advice I would I would say. I think uh, I think we're inching closer. Let's do, let's do a couple more. Couple more. Do you want to 
you dis- you can say no. Let's or let's only do questions that you feel like there's there's a lot of juice. But I asked you this earlier, and then and then I wanted to hear the full the fullness of the answer. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are now living and why? So my immediate response is I'd stop saving. <laughs> stop saving money? Yeah. I'm going to die in a year. Fair. So stop saving money. Okay. Um, and would, would you change the way you're now living? Yeah, a little. Yeah, I think I would a little bit. Um, I, th- I think I invest a lot in like trainings mm. and education that is geared toward a future. Uh, if I knew that future wasn't there, I probably would free up that time to just be more present. Mm. Um, and I don't know if I'd live here where we're living. Yeah. There is one year left. I'd probably just say, hey, I'm, you know. Let's Airbnb the shit out of this. Let's go to Tokyo. Uh, pff, no, <laughs> I think I'd either go to the ocean or go to the mountains. Okay. And just be like, I want to live here. And I, I think it would probably be closer to family. So mm. I think it'd probably be Santa Cruz, maybe, mm. or something like that. I'd probably probably move there. So, oh, yeah, that would be nice. So that would be another thing. Um, I don't think it'd be anything like... I, I'd probably just give up on... Like, I would stop trying the pursuits that I'm doing in my work. I'd just let it go. Because mm. there wouldn't be enough time for that. I think I'd spend more time just being present with myself and, and with those I love. Mm. I think I'd probably do something similar. It's really hard. It's really hard to actually know. I think that would be a good option, just like going somewhere and like being there. But I think like there's a few places in the world that I'd like to sample. I might go to Tokyo. I'd I, like to, I, I'd like to I, go to Japan. Yeah, it's like, one place where I'm like, you know, when when I have more money or whatever and I can like, like yeah. it just feels like an expensive place and yeah. stuff. I might go to, I might hit Tokyo. I think, uh, yeah, I think... I'd probably go and be close to my mom. I think the biggest thing that I would probably have to, I, I don't know, maybe I would just be like, eh, there's only just a year left, whatevs. But uh, I would I would probably have to contend with like quite a bit of grief for not having been a mom, for not having like made that transition. Yeah, I think I'd like, I'd try to do one last big like, I've always had this this dream of renting like a big property for like a weekend and having both of our families come together and just like hang and be in the same place and uh, and spend time together. So I would probably do that maybe even for like a week in the south of France for for the summer or something. But yeah, can't say that I wouldn't have like a massive urge to just uh, to just try to time to be pregnant and then just die when I'm pregnant so that I don't actually bring life into this world and then die right after. But I would still like know pregnancy and like experience it and then just nah, mm. bite the dust. Mm-hmm. That, is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little weird, but hey, it's, it's your dad. <laughs> uh, is this it? Or should we try a... Uh, should you try one last one? One last one. Make mm. it count. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Wow. Is this an interview? I, like, Jesus. You know. Where do I see myself in 10 years? What about what kind of older person do you want to be? I oh, like that yeah, question. yeah. Well, can, what kind of older person do you want to be? Um, I think I have this image of being, I don't know, my, of being an elder. Like, it's hard to describe. I think it's because a lot of it's a feeling too. I just went to a men's initiation and there were a couple elders there that led that, that really filled out really like, I think were really filled out the role of elder Mm -hmm. being like one that initiates other men, guides other men, cares for the growth and development. And it doesn't have to just be men, right? But like the younger, the young, the, the next generations Mm -hmm. and is kind of also sharing the stories and the and then and the cosmos like giving a bigger view of the cosmos um i've kind of heard also like the later the last stages of elderhood or even beyond elderhood is like kind of tending to not only it's tending to the cosmos um that's a good one yeah and i feel like in some ways i'm instinctively or intuitively trying to do the things that will allow me to be uh, a true elder by the time i get there 
mm. for for like my society and and for for humanity and then for the more than human world and how like the grandest scale I think mm. like the cosmos and kind of stewarding that vision so i think that's kind of my my dream or hope or ambition is that i'll be able to step into the shoes of a true elder yeah i think it's very similar for me and it's i feel like it's it's always been a really big part of the decisions that i make and has been since i was like 13 i feel like i feel like everything the way that i do that i move through my life feels very much like oriented around the question of can i be that kind of can i become the elder that can hold like wisdom and tradition and uh, knowledge in a way that is orienting and, and nourishing, nourishing. Yeah. love that you and I are just like on the same page. But yeah, nourishing for future generations and for the world around me, for community. And yeah. It's almost like, uh, can I be the, like, a, you know, when a giant tree falls in the forest and then it decomposes mm. and like the trees serve the forest its entire life, like in many ways, right? Like it's, it's, it's creating the atmosphere mm -hmm. through its leaves and it's amassed like a lot of carbon in its trunk and, and like the roots have created, like helped create, hold the soil. And like, there's been all the, and it's lived a life of service to the forest and the world. And then it falls And then, like, the trunk is decomposing, and it becomes this, like, rich and nourishing habitat and, like, delivers all these nutrients back into the earth for the next generation mm. to kind of grow. Yeah, I'd like to be like the salmon. Mm. Do that, do that too. They yeah. just kind of walk up with their bellies full of eggs, and, and they spawn, and then when they're done, they just, like jump out of the river and like let themselves die on the side and they're this area. huge food source for a lot of the animal kingdom like a lot of the nutrients nourish the soil as well and yeah and they nourish the river as well like they decompose and and feed all sorts of animals and all of their babies and eggs that make it and things like that it's i think that that vision is actually really helpful As we're like journeying right now, and sometimes it's like, are we making the right decision? What is, you know, is this right? Is this not? I think that sometimes it's nice to remember that we're just amassing the kind of experience that is required to then be an actual elder that's of service to their to the community. Yeah. And thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to uh, our ramblings. It, You know, this was nice. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting a little bit of like the holiday feelings yeah, too. Yeah. You know, it's a getting cold. A holiday-themed episode in a way. Yeah, just like yeah, random, randomness. Yeah. You know, if you want to, if you're here and you love this podcast and you would like to support us. It's the season of giving. It's the season. <laughs> Black is it Black Friday? I don't yeah, know. Black something, Monday, Cyber, Cyber Monday, Black all Friday. the things, all the things. Black Friday. It's far out Monday. We have a few different ways that you can support us. The easiest, most accessible, simple way is you can leave us a review. Yep. That would be really nice. Thank yep. you so much. You can just do that on like iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. There should be a way to review us. And if you just want to leave uh, a few, the stars and not actually write a review, you don't have to write a review. Although we like hearing from you that way. Uh, what's the other way? I thought you were going to pick it up and you just looked at me like... Mm -hmm. Just nodded. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. The other way you can support this podcast is by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash... Far Out Couple. The Far Out Couple, yes. That's right. Patreon.com slash The Far Out Couple. Become a patron and support this podcast. On a uh, monthly donation On a basis. monthly basis. Yeah, that is really helpful. It helps keep this going and us cover the real costs of um, this project. Yes. So if you're appreciating us. And we're coming up on, we're, we're almost at episode 200, which... I, It's crazy. Uh, we're very excited about this. And the third way you can support this podcast is there is a link in the podcast notes at thefarout.life 
to bike account yeah, slash and slash podcast slash and then it'll be the number of this episode no wow i think yeah I it's probably right. also just in the notes wherever you're listening to the podcast but there's a link to buy cacao the cacao is awesome it's some of our favorite cacao and we get a small kickback whenever you purchase cacao using that link and you also get a discount on your order and this is a great season of year to drink cacao oh there's so many good holiday cacao recipes yeah get the, after it well i i'm just gonna drop one here for you and you can go take it test it out steep your water with peppermint tea oh yeah no the candy cane tea from trader joe's yeah, no, and then you make your cacao with that my one. god that's it's amazing uh, we should do that we haven't done that this season i haven't yet. thought of it and yeah. i just bought more of the candy cane trader joe's. oh boy Woo-hoo. let us know how that goes we love you thank you for being here toodles toodles toodles